Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have the honor and pleasure of introducing somebody uh, who's currently in um, Phuket, Thailand. His name is J.D. Salbego. He is the chief executive officer of Anarchy X. J.D., welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be on here. It's about uh, 10 p.m. here now. And uh, uh, crypto, everything, you know, NFTs, DeFi, it's a 24-7 running business that is global. So, you know, we all work around the clock. I, I take about minimum one nap a day, sometimes two naps a day because I live my, pretty much on a 24-hour schedule. You know, half, our team is spread around the world, all the way from L.A. through New York through London, through uh, India, all the way through Dubai, other parts of Asia, you name it. So we're on every time zone. Awesome. I I, I think I've trained myself a little bit to get a couple hours of REM sleep in the middle of the night, then wake up in the middle of the night, then go back to sleep. So I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know the lifestyle. Um, so let me ask you first off, what is your background and is it a logical background for what you do now? Yep. Um, well, yeah, I mean, actually I've been in crypto over five years and this company I just launched in October is actually more logical potentially, uh, than all, everything I did in crypto up to this point. Uh, I was born and raised in LA, uh, and went straight into, uh, the music and entertainment business at 17. Uh, and I was always, uh, into technology. My father was an aerospace engi uh, engineer and worked on the Apollo moon mission and with NASA and some of the first nuclear reactor submarines and stuff. I didn't go that far. He's way beyond me. That's why I'm not a CTO, but I do have that ingrained in me. And I, went, I started as a recording engineer uh, in the music industry, became Snoop Dogg's first engineer uh, or head engineer when I was 21 years old. And that led to, you know, what I want to do is be a music producer, record label owner and all that stuff. So I had a label with Warner Music Group and I worked with global celebrities like, as I mentioned, Snoop Dogg, all the way to, um, Eminem to Jason Derulo to you know Britney Spears, all this stuff like that. Music producer. I had a publishing company as well, and uh, got into film and TV, producing shows with NBC and all that stuff. And got into crypto uh, about five plus years ago. You know, I spent 17 years in music entertainment. Got into crypto just because I was obsessed with it, and I got a few calls after advising a bunch of companies and networking. Um, a lot of the major uh, initial people that launched it, or I would say around 2013 and 14, Brock Pierce, uh, the whole DNA fund and all that stuff, they were actually in Santa Monica, which is I was in Los Angeles. So uh, I grew uh, I came up a lot hanging around them, and that's how I started networking a lot. And then I just made the move straight into crypto. I got some calls, and it kind of launched my career in crypto overnight. Grateful was an overnight success, and I went straight into, uh, funny enough, investment banking, basically, <laughs> in crypto. And I was advising ICOs. Uh, I became like the face of a lot of companies and as executives, I had a lot of a successful track record quickly for raising capital, advising ICOs, going to market, big communication strategies and helping companies both in the US and in Asia expand vice versa, east and west. And I became like the 
the Asian, the you know, the American Asian expert, you know. So even I helped Mike Renovogratz when he launched Galaxy early on. He set his first office up in Tokyo. I helped him expand there. Uh, same thing with DNA Fund. I helped him expand in Asia too and a lot of other companies. And then I launched this company. I was the CEO of a crypto exchange out of Singapore. And I launched this uh, company, Anarchy X, which merges uh, DeFi-based uh, financial products, liquidity mining, uh, gamifies it with uh, uh, esports, and then um, some unique NFT models into a gaming platform, which we call GDEX. It's a decentralized finance gaming platform exchange. So I ended up being back in the creative world. So I am actually the art director too. So even though we have a, our team is phenomenal, they work with Pokemon, Final Fantasy, you name it, Sony, some of the biggest game companies, you know, our CTOs, X Morgan Stanley, I'm sorry, Golden Sachs. You know, I actually, every NFT you see, the game designs, it's all me. My Either I've designed it personally myself or I start the concepts and I lead it to all our teams. So I'm back in the creative world. So that's why it's more logical. And hence why I'm wearing a T-shirt and not a uh, sports coat and a tight collar, as you'll see online, most of my stuff, because that's what I was doing. You know, I was getting interviewed at Bloomberg, New York, New York, you know, uh, NYSE, NASDAQ. You know, I spoke at the World Economic Forum. I was a public speaker in crypto for the past year. I spoke probably about 30 of the biggest conferences. And uh, now I get to run my own company doing this and be the creative guy. And, you know, it's fun to have a T-shirt now instead. So let's talk about creativity. Um, mm -hmm. I, I too am a content creator. I've written a couple of books. I haven't uh, done anywhere near the, the scale you have, but um, what inspired you to create, you know, Anarchy X? Uh, I was working on solutions. Honestly, I had no intention to get back into, I mean, obviously this is business, right? And technology and we're dealing with <laughs> liquidity, mining, farming, staking, decentralized finance. We're dealing with finance, but it is very creative if you look at all our uh, on online properties, our game designs, our NFTs that have been selling out, hitting number one back to back to back to back on, on rareables. It's very creative. I didn't plan for this at all. So I'm really big into spirituality and synchronicity. You know, uh, Carl Jung uh, uh, kind of coined that term back in what, the 30s or 40s. But anyways, it's been written in every school philosophy and i feel it's very kind of a spiritual moment for me that i it came full circle back doing creative stuff i'm even producing music again for our stuff which is effing crazy and, and um i what i saw last year as i was running the exchange was um the liquidity mining was had just blown up man i mean i mean you know uniswap is genius right the, the algorithms and the financial models behind automated market making in these liquidity pools is absolutely phenomenal uh, uh phenomenal and and but then someone created the farming compound and I'm, all of a sudden you have this whole farming thing and it's basically an inception model it never ends you could just keep taking an lp token and going here and going to here and it was this really huge boom and i was fascinated by it i was like there's no use case in farming at all you know obviously there is with with the decks um, and I just started seeing a lot of trends happening there at Boom, and I was really fascinated by it. And I, I've always been fascinated in video games and social entertainment. I mean, I'm an entertainment guy. That's I did literally from day one my whole life. For 17 years, I was in entertainment. And I started seeing, like, well, there is some use cases. How can we build out a use case for, for farming? Obviously, we see the, the AAMs, you know, the Uniswaps and stuff. There's a use case there. Um, but how can we really this whole decentralized finance movement in the farming aspect how can we 
build a real sustainable use case out of it. Well, gamification. I started really seeing these trends. I hired an analyst. We sat in all the big communities of Uniswap, Compound, just all of them, all the all the new ones like Base Money, which I always love Base Money because they're so creative. They're weird memes and gifs and stuff. And actually the philosophy behind what their stuff is, it's more than just these simple farming stuff. They actually talk ish about money. If you really look at what their philosophy is, that money is meaningless. If you really get into their background, people have written articles about it. Uh, pretty influential people just to, so to validate my thoughts on it because I can see it. It's really interesting as a science experiment. Go sit in base money as a science experiment and, and look at what they talk about, how they talk to their users and what their users say, the experiential meanings behind the memes and stuff that they use in the content. Anyways, I, it was, I was fascinated. It was like a social experiment for me. Um, quickly in, in a high school, high school, I thought I wanted to be a, a I really wanted to be actually uh, uh, um, a neuroscientist, right? That was really my goal at one point. So I wanted to do a cross study. My whole life was going to be about neuroscience, quantum physics, and philosophy. So I'm still super nerdy and all that stuff. So I studied biological psychology for two years when I was in high school. So I've been fascinated. And then I realized like, I'm not going to fucking school. Excuse my friends. I cuss a lot. I'm like, I am not going to school for 10 years. No way. <laughs> and I definitely didn't want to be a therapist sitting around for eight hours a day listening to other people's problems. I do that enough with my own family. I'm Italian and Latin. So you know there's always drama in our types of families. So <laughs> like I was like, I'll just keep that stuff as a hobby. But point being, I was fascinated by the psychology of the community of crypto now with this decentralized finance and stuff. It's a new breed of people. It's a new consumer profile. These people mixed with the with the, with the COVID movement and the online stuff, I found it fascinating. I started seeing the gamification of how you can build use cases. I also, through that time, started really seeing like, holy shit, everyone is doing esports right now. That's literally what we got. Everyone's doing these communities for financial products. And then, boom, a month or two ago, GameStop hits and Wall Street bets. Though, what we do, which is very similar, is completely legal. What they're doing wasn't, just to be very clear as I make this as a public statement, but you see exactly what happened with Wall Street bets. You will see right there is a pinnacle moment in 2000 in what what were we in 2021 time flies you will see where the world is headed and why video games now globally are a bigger market than the global movie business and the united states sports industries combined that tells you a lot right it, it tells you why we're in an nft boom too right now new technology new products new digital experiences i mean we're in a movement, as you can tell. There's something happening right now. So let me ask you this. Um, yep. I've written, I've written about it. I compare mm -hmm. the 1920s to the 2020s. Yep. How do you compare the 1920s um, in the U.S., the movie industry and all the social stuff and, the, and you know, the, the uh, bars and the back office, you know, back alley bars and stuff like that to yeah. esports? Yep. Oh wait, you're asking me. I'm sorry, the phone yeah, cut no, out. Yeah, how do you how do you, you had you see it similar? What similarities do you see? Because you're right in there. Well, okay. I mean, because there was a. T I mean, if you're gonna start talking about the back back alley back office stuff, and around the 20s, you're talking about bootlegging too, and then you're yeah. also talking about a ton about gambling too as well. You do see strategy within uh, gambling. You do see strategy with people breaking the law. Let's talk about that if you really want to get there. I guess if I, unless I'm pushing too far with bootlegging, right? Hence why the Kennedys had so much money, but I won't start that whole conversation. Um, uh, I love how the world works. I find it fascinating. 
but uh yeah man i mean i see a lot i do see a lot of we we are creatures we are uh, um you know as a species we are herd based species right we are as human beings uh um so i i find it fascinating right now where we're at i really truly do but honestly that's what led me to this and then the nfts i i really was always fascinated with but i thought there was no scalability there they hadn't really i i did not see you know a real cool economic supply and demand when they first blew up you know and, and so what i focused on with our company was creating what we call it's a proprietary nft engine and we use a derived base value model to price our nfts because all our nfts uh produce yield in our games we have four different types of models so even our collectibles ones that we're selling our rareables they still can be staked as a game action in, in our liquidity gamified liquidity mining esports game and then we have three other types of models they all look like video game things you can like boost a weapon purchase weapons weapons make them explode purchase ex cases we have a mini game that's a one-person shooter mini game like spaceships and all it's really cool stuff it's totally futuristic never been done before but it's all based on the team-based component is all based on the generating the highest aggregate yield between your teams, and the winner wins the prize pool. So let me let me ask you about that because I because I I grew up you know playing Space Invaders and Pac-Man on Atari, right? Mm -hmm. So you described though um, Anarchy as, as as traditional gaming. I think of traditional games like that or or uh, or um, pinball, right? Um, meets DeFi, NFTs, and esports, and how do these new crypto this realm um, intersect with the traditional gaming? Well, I mean, I think, you know, okay, how do they intersect? There's actually a number of ways to answer that. So, you know, my, my ADD is kicking in hard right now. And I'm like, well, I can say, which route do I go? You know, I'm a little, I'm a little crazy right now because it's nighttime and I'm having another four hours. So these are the hours when I kind of get out, I get out there a little bit, as you could tell. Um, I mean, how they merge, I, I, I think, okay, gamers, number one, the first use case of blockchain was in gaming, first of all, uh, back in 2002. Um, and the easiest, the way, the, the reason why was because the easiest use case to adopt was a, a digital asset in a video game that were being transferred around between users. You know, the next biggest use case was financial products. That was the easiest one, but also a lot of friction because the governments and yada, yada. So where you know what we're doing and crypto gaming meets traditional gaming is that traditional gamers uh, uh, uh love to uh you know play uh spend their time uh you know driving value out of competitions achieving goals experiencing things collaborating with friends and teams this and that um also be able to purchase valuable you know digital assets trade them which you do in in-game assets how that merges with us is this is the first time you can really actually get paid to play games the same way you can actually have the same experience and earn money in the same way within our game so it's really unique it's the first time that because we based our nft engine and our whole game off of this derived base value model it, it's a fully incentivized community right to play these games because the more they play these games the more money they earn the more valuable the assets inside grow as well as well as our token our utility token works like an arcade coin but within our within our economic models of our nft and the generation of the apy through in-game actions uh that is what creates the price value and the and the the, the apy itself it's based on it almost it's based on a fiat model if you really look at it 
supply and demand, cost of goods, multiple parties agreeing on something, except ours is not run by the government and private and manipulated. Ours is fully public on the blockchain and completely real and transparent. So games like Battleway 2323, which came out recently, um, you know, I look at that and I say, this is something that actual people play and people do and it has tangibility and has utility and, you know, and then people have people out there in the community saying NFTs are just money laundering. And obviously I look at you and I say, that's not true. So, you know, when you look at that, what lessons do you think you could take from your games? Um, and then how does that apply to the entertainment sector and then any other sectors where they're trying to have mass uh, migration and adoption of Bitcoin and blockchain? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, that was a loaded question too. <laughs> let me let me let me follow that one. It was really it was good, uh, but there's about four components to that. I I mean, I obviously I don't believe NFTs are for money laundering. Uh, um, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole with crypto versus cash. You know, and, and what the Federal Reserve and our governments did in 2008, and then what HBSBC and every other bank has laundered trillions of dollars. But that's okay. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But you know. Uh, the the basis of the NFT technology is absolutely mind blowing from a principle that you can create a unique digital asset. You know that's the difference between a fungible and a non fungible token. A fungible is Bitcoin, right? They're, they're not unique. Ethereum, the tokens, they're not unique. But a, a non fungible token has a unique code in each one. So that could be applied not only to the gaming industry but any industry by itself, really. Like if you see the future of blockchain, which I believe is the next stage of innovation to Web 3.0, you know, legal agreements, lawyers, data, everything's beyond the blockchain. So how do you save, right? How do you save multiple drafts of a, a legal agreement on the blockchain, which I believe will be the future? How do you do that with a non-fungible token? How do you make unique copies of it? It's one thing to distribute all your files on the blockchain, okay? How do you, you have to tokenize each file, right? That's literally what it is. When you tokenize it but if you only tokenize it using a fungible token the basis of just a more normal blockchain then these files will not be unique but how do you actually make different drafts of that legal agreement to the final clean one that's been signed you have to make a non-fungible version of it then they're all unique that is how genius nfts are the other genius thing is with smart contracts that you can sell them and put a price in there what you want to be paid out as on a secondary market and then i say okay i'm going to sell this for one dollar Every time after it gets sold for 10, uh, you know, every time it gets sold after, I want 10% of that because I'm the owner, creator of it. Well, not the owner, I'm the creator of it, like a royalty. Well, every time it gets sold on the secondary market with no middleman, no interference, completely automated, completely transparent, completely public, completely distributed across a ledger, uh, immutable, that transaction automatically gets, sends a portion of that right back to your wallet. I mean, that's like, we're talking Star Wars, dude, right now, literally. <laughs> with with no human interference, no SWIFT, no transfer agent, no nothing. So that's how this relates to the rest of the world within our games. Just by having NFTs, we are now able to buy, sell, and trade and hold, hold a digital asset and transfer it across the web now. And that's the genius of it. I don't know if I fully answered it, but that, I was inspired to go down that route to explain really what NFTs are and the genius of the technology. You explain half of what I understand right now, right there. So thank you. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, the other half I'm going to ask about right now. Yeah. In in 2017, um, 
I, 18, I had a client and it was, the relationship didn't end up going well, but it was a patent troll company where they have a general portfolio and they have very specific patents that go under um, each of their portfolios. And I recommended Crypto Kitties to them. And their lawyers had a had a had to say it's a fit. I'm gonna use that word. I'm not gonna say any other the profanity right. language they gave me. How have we come since Crypto Kitties then to what we are at now? What's have been the improvements or the breakthroughs since then? Um, well, there hasn't been that much improvements in Ethereum at all because we have scalability issues. So the new improvements with layer one are they're stuck. Luckily, we have layer two now, which uh, we're partner with, with partners with the first and basically the creators of layer two, which they're called Polygon now, but it's Matic. Uh, Coinbase, who invested in them, just listed them. Uh, they help build our games. They're basically part of our team. So that layer two is great. Uh, it reduces gas down to almost you know zero. But layer one of Ethereum has not changed since CryptoKitties. Um, what has changed now is the innovation behind NFTs. You see tons of companies, including ours, um, and I will say this, we were one of the first movers, literally, in the DeFi NFT gaming movement. I mean, you can that's why we started the DeFi Gaming Coalition with uh, Matic or Polygon, Certic, the biggest, you know, security auditing firm, uh, tons of the biggest other DeFi uh, companies as well. Um, and, you know, that's really what I see as the innovation. People doing very unique things now with NFTs, um, from staking them for collateral or like us, how we use them with our in-game assets to generate APY, unlock numerous utilities. Uh, people are farming now uh, with with NFTs, really unique stuff, man. I, 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 that's where I see the innovation going, is that there's tons of companies and projects and people really trying to innovate the NFTs themselves. The technology will catch up soon. Layer two is there now. The mass adoption within our industry, uh, the connections, right, of it being implemented across uh, you know, exchanges, you know, this and that is not there. There's only one L2 marketplace right now. We use them for our APIs, right? And they're arcane. Um, and they love when they, we give them shout outs. But literally, yeah, there's only one L2. OpenSea has their L2 beta. You can go look at it right now, but it's still taking a while. Um, once we cross that paradigm, it's incredible because you'll see this. You know, we don't really, our, our game, you know, our, NF, our NFT collectibles, I told you we have different models, are basically kind of like Pokemon cards that have been gamified with Defy, right? So we don't really auction our game cards off, right? These are like mass adoption game cards. They're cheap. Everyone can buy them. You know, they range anywhere up to 400 bucks. Maybe we'll do a 500 or 600 one soon or whatever, but they've gone down to $50 because it's just like video games, right? We want mass adoption. We're not selling the art. So point being, you know, we sold, like I said, we hit back to back to back. On our, We just dropped... The first one a little over a month ago, uh, we did number one, we did number two, and we just did number one again. We've generated almost 800,000 in sales uh, just from our collectible NFTs, uh, uh, all going for cheap prices. So what, in the long story short, uh, two times ago, the gas hit so high, people were paying $180 in gas just to purchase one of our cards that cost $350. So it, it's it's very we're grateful we're flattered right the demand was so high but that's the problem with Ethereum right now, and we broke wearables each time because Ethereum network is still getting clogged, so our page shut down. You can see it the server went down. So it's a great for a screenshot for promotion, and I'll tell you we have been promoting that <laughs> that we broke it three times. So it's cool, but 
that's where we've gone. So really, truly, again, it's the innovation of the companies like us and other ones that are doing really unique things and great stuff. The technology of Ethereum and the adoption with the industry still needs to kick up a notch right now. And um, what are, I don't usually ask about other companies during companies uh, podcasts, but what what are your thoughts on how your relationship with Matt with um, Polygonmatic is is going? How that will help if that will help with any of the Ethereum fees at all? Oh, it's phenomenal. Those guys are the ones who created L2. So, you know, our game is a full layer two right now. It's basically like a million transactions for 10 cents. You hear that number? A million transactions for 10 cents. I just told you one transaction for $180. Mm -hmm. uh, plus it gets clogged. So our relationship with them is phenomenal. You know, we talk to them almost every day. We have a we have a business marketing chat with them, you know, group. We have a dev chat. They work with our games. We connect them in the ecosystem. They connect us. I mean, they're just, work, you know, they're very, uh, very supportive. We love Matic. You know what I mean? They're just, you know, they built a really great protocol uh, um, for layer two. And they, they're they heavily pushing community and, and bringing companies like ours together. You know what I mean? They've connected great. us with great companies to partner. We've connected with them. And we all just, we try to build this industry together because there's enough business consumers uh, revenue to go around. No, there's no greed here. We just want to, we're all excited to build this. You know what I mean? To be the first people, you know, to build something so unique in an industry. I mean, that, you know, of course, you know, it's capitalism here in America and blah, blah, blah. I'm American. I want to make money. Of course, I have to make money for investors and people. But at the same time, man, I mean, I get to work on like stuff that's never been done before in the entire history of man. And to me, that's really unique and fun and exciting, you know? My sentiments exactly. I, I worked in the corporate desk for a couple of decades and I've been in space for four years and I, yeah, it's clearly, it's clearly better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you bring up that phrase community, right? Um, and I know East going back to esports gaming is, is community based, right? And community overall has taken a hit this past year uh, plus with COVID-19 as we move and migrate toward hopefully herd immunity and a post-COVID world, how do you see the evolution of e-gaming um, taking off with, with your NFTs and how, how do you see that direction headed? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting thing, uh, a question, because I think about that, like, where do we go after COVID, right? When it does open up, what's the world going to be? More like, I mean, I don't think it's actually going to regress, to be honest. I think we've just merged. We're already there spending more time online i think now it just accelerated us and i think right now the reason why gaming is so big has grown our industry through defy decentralized finance and all those other things and nfts is because of covid so i think we're just going to continually be driven more online experiences so gaming has become more and more and more and always been online but it's but now so many different like uh, uh sectors of gaming styles of gaming um ecosystems and communities within gaming and esports uh the influencer the money the being generated in game i mean it's just insane man it, it, I, you know, I see gamification of every industry now you know what i mean i mean not obviously like you know supply chain you ain't gonna gamify some and you know industry within the supply chain of walmart but you know what i mean like through financial products trading online social entertainment everything is becoming gamified right now you know, and NFTs really are now NFTs, just like blockchain, I believe, is the future. The web 2.0 and all its glory 
could not solve the transfer of value. You had double spend problem with money, hence why there's Swift transfer agents and all this stuff. And then digital assets are gone. They're completely replicated. Blockchain changes all that. And now as you spend more time online, we now have figured out a way, especially with NFTs, to safeguard the value there, right? To generate the value, to protect the value, to trade the value, to make a margin on the value with no human interference. It's all P2P. So what that does now is create a new ecosystem, new revenue streams and new opportunities for people to get creative, you know, and just make anything, right? I mean, we have, we, you know, I come from Hollywood and in that background. So we, we're launching in about two to three weeks. It's going to be a huge media push all through our industry and in Hollywood. We're launching a new purely celebrity-driven uh, L2 uh, marketplace. And we already have about seven celebrities signed. Uh, even some, uh, we call it icons, right? So we even have some real-life icons, not, you know, the base, a famous singer or basketball player, real-life icons. Uh, um and I mean, just even going that route, man, it, it, to see new, some of the stuff we're doing that we're going to, I'm not going to say right now what we're doing has never been done before. We're experimenting right now with some of the stuff that we're taking these branded value, right? The celebrities, there's value instilled there. There's a collectible aspect in there. Uh, um, that's not just a random artist, you know, who hasn't uh, established himself, generated revenue off his art, exposed himself to the masses, has a following now that's right that's how you actually generate value right kind of like a stock um without being you know this is a a celebrity brand a collectible so this digital thing has value now we are wrapping many components right now into this stuff and um working on some really i mean we have the regular you know obviously the regular celebrity nft stuff uh that is still unique in a lot of ways what we have and the, and the access that i have with the relationships to get very unique stuff uh, not just putting out a, a new song, right, by an artist. You know, I'm talking like some really unique stuff. But there's some weird. <laughs> I just want. I, I just just stay. Just watch. Just watch our channels over the next three weeks to four weeks, and you'll start seeing some really unique stuff happening with celebrities within our company. We, yeah, we launched it under. It's it, we launched other under Anarchy X, the new division. So you you. You brought up one. I was I was going to have one last question, but now I have two last questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said the creation of something new, and you said um, predict. And one of my one of my areas that I love about crypto is is auger genosis. You know, how do you see the prediction markets perhaps playing into the NFTs to create? something new about forecasting of things that you never saw before that you might see and all that i think it's incredible if you go look at our roadmap that's in there we have that for our second quarter to build out our prediction market within our games because we have a prize nft sorry to turn this around about me but i i'm fully on board with you and believe what you just said and you should launch your own company seriously right now you should launch a prediction market with nfts seriously I would because I see, I've seen companies starting to get that, that that's where it's going to go. And dude, you can make a prediction market anywhere and people have right in the traditional word world with gambling, with stocks, with this. I mean, you can predict anything. You know why? It's fun. You can make money off of it. You know, it gives you something to do. It's gamification. Again, one-on-one gamification. So that is going to start happening soon. Once there's enough assets out there, 
that the market, the secondary market's big enough, then boom, there you go. Within our game, we have some really unique stuff within our prize NFTs where we're able to do it without being tied to someone else's ecosystem or some other market being developed first. But I believe prediction markets are, are the future because they're, they work great in every industry already right now. So, yeah. you know. I, I just asked that because I had, you know, I had all the years of experience at AIG and they had an actuarial function there. And you know, I kind of had a little bit of that background. So, um, You, my friend, should launch a startup right now. That'd be great. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I appreciate your time. I mean, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. It's It's been a great conversation. I hope to, to run into you down the road someday, you know, and, and whether it's in Thailand or if it's in LA or New York or where I am in Connecticut. Um, is there one last question is, is how can people find out more information about you, your products or services uh, and contact you if they want? Yeah, you can find an easy way. Just go to our website. All our socials, our whole community is there. So it's Anarchy X, uh, that's spelled A-N-R-K-E-Y-X dot I-O. Uh, that's the same thing for our Twitter. Twitter is Anarchy X, and I am J.D. Salbago at Twitter or jdsalbago.com. Um, and that's our easiest way to find. We do, we're very active in our community. We have probably, I think, almost 48,000 in our community right now across all our, our channels, Discord, Telegram, you know, in socials. Uh, we're very active in the community. We just crossed over 15,000 community members in our Telegram actually tonight. So things are, are, are going really good. We're super grateful. We've been working, literally slaving away 24-7 for six months now. So, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.